Welcome to the Act 4 Podcast, your go-to post-movie podcast. It's a podcast about movies. My name is Peyton. we got Connor over here. Hey, how you doing? And Joe's in the corner. Hello. This week, we are finishing up our Summer of Star Wars series, going yes. over the last of the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the movies we care to talk about. We're, we're not doing the Christmas special, because um, that's a story for another time. It is. We're doing Solo, Christmas uh, the other time. anthology film. We're not doing the Christmas special. We're not. <laughs> there was discussions about doing that, but then we decided we didn't want to. So, look, I'm not gonna torture myself and watch that that movie. Yeah, if you can call it a movie, it was a it was a TV movie. It's not good. Hey, you take everything bad about every single prequels, everything bad about the uh, the, the everything bad about Star Wars, and put it into a movie, and that's the holiday special. Plus more Wookiees. <laughs> I mean, it's, the whole thing is about Wookiees. It's yes. really lame. Anyways, we're talking about Solo. Yes, back to Solo. Which, which is a weird movie because some people like it and some people don't more than other movies. Like, a lot of Star Wars movies, people tend to, like, have the same opinions on for the most part. Mm-hmm. Solo, like The Last Jedi, is a pretty divisive movie. Which is surprising to me because I actually, I think it's good and I don't know, I don't really see why people don't like it a lot. Besides the fact that they don't like that it's about Han Solo. And it doesn't have Harrison Ford. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's about Han Solo and it's not Harrison Ford playing the actor. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay. They don't like it. So, I I think that's that's what we should talk about first is the actor who plays Han Solo. I think he does a really good job. I think so too. The way I've always looked at it is that he plays a great Han Solo because he's playing the character and he's not trying to be Harrison Ford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. They didn't hire a Harrison Ford lookalike. They hired someone who can play Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And I prefer that. I would rather have what we have than we get someone and they cast someone who looks like a young Harrison Ford who's more believable as Han Solo but can't act. Or, or can't really act like Han Solo, you know? I think that that would be far worse. I we get someone who can actually act like Han Solo. And you have to, like, look at it for what it is. Like, it's a movie set with a young Han Solo. No, it's not Harrison Ford, but it's the character. Yeah. And if you look at it like that, I don't think it's bad. But the people that I talk to that really don't like this movie, they don't like it because it's about Han Solo. And they're like, it's so unnecessary. We don't need it. And I'm like, it's the same thing we talked about last week. It's like... All the Star Wars movies after the first one are unnecessary. I mean, honestly, like, the first Star yeah. Wars, it kind of ends its own story. You don't need more. Yes. We got more. Luckily, we got more because we got mm-hmm. the best Star Wars ever made right after it. Um, and Yeah. I, okay, good. I'm glad you agree yes. with that. I thought you were about no, no, to hey, say. No, no, no. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> All right, good. I know you like Revenge of the Sith, but... <laughs> but not, not, oh, so, not I mean, an Empire, though. So, so, saying it's unnecessary, I think, is kind of silly. I think there are parts of the movie that are not good. Or, or things that didn't need to be included that they put too much weight on that I agree kind of hurt the character of Han Solo from what we had. Like, one such instance, I would say, is the name. Like, how he gets the last name Solo. I don't enjoy I that. don't like it. I think that's silly. Like, his name could just be Han Solo. It's really not that big a deal. It, they, they try... The biggest problem with this movie is that they make small things about his character way deeper than they need to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest problem. That's, that's but if you look past that, it's a really good movie. Like, those like those issues have never been enough for me to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. And oh, like, yeah. they never will be. Like, why I don't, like, I don't think the way he gets his name is, like, genius writing and this amazing idea. But, like, when I saw it, and I was just like, oh, that's kind of clever, I guess. Like, I didn't love it and I didn't hate it. It was just like, that's what they chose to do. Okay, moving on. There's some people that really hate it and that's the kind of stuff that ruins this movie for them. And I'm just like, if you can't see past this, you never, you didn't walk into the movie wanting to like it. And so that's where I think the reason this movie has such a bad rap is because of when it came out. And I will stand, this is a hill that I will die on, that Solo got a bad rap because it was released in May. It was released five months after The Last Jedi. People responded very negatively to The Last Jedi for the most part. And having a Star Wars movie come so soon after it, instead of coming out in the winter like they always do at Christmas time, I think really hurt Solo. If Solo would have come out around Christmas time, a year removed from The Last Jedi, I think it would have done a lot better. 
Agreed. Because I think people, like, Star Wars burnout is real. Like, we're experiencing it right now, recording this podcast. <laughs> but, like, people watching Star Wars movies, like, it's not like Marvel movies that you can have multiple in the same year because they're so different from each other. Having two Star Wars movies within five months of each other is very different from having Black Panther and then Infinity War. You know, mm. having them in like pretty much back to back months, it was like Black Panther and then a month and then Infinity War. Like having those close together, they're so different that it's fine. Whereas with Star Wars, they're so similar that you kind of, people didn't really want to, they didn't care enough to really watch Solo. So it got bad numbers at the box office compared to the other Star Wars movies. I think people went in with that expectation that it was going to be like similar and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I think, in my opinion, Solo is very different than any other Star Wars movie we've gotten. Oh, yeah. Oh, I And any other Star Wars content we've gotten ever. Well... It does its own thing. It does. We've talked about it to where it's a combination of a lot of different things to where Mm -hmm. you were saying it has like Fast and the Furious influence. I say say Solo is just Fast and Furious but set in space. It's got... That's what it is. Like, Uh, I see like... I can see where that's coming, where you're coming from with that, but then it, like, it has aspects of those types of, like, just kind of, like, cheesy blockbuster summer type movies, which is why I think it was released when it was, Mm -hmm. but then it also does a lot of... Heist stuff, like the Ocean's Eleven kind of thing. It takes Western Mm -hmm. movie elements. Very Western, yeah. It just mixes a lot of different things together, which makes something way, way different than the grand space opera movies that we have from all the mm-hmm. other Star Wars movies. Yeah, it's definitely a really different movie from other Star Wars movies. And I think that's... So, like, um, we all have a mutual friend, Jacob. He does not like Solo. But he says... His reasoning that he's explained to me is he doesn't like Solo because he says it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie to him. And I think that that is what you're kind of saying here as well, is it feels different from Star Wars movies. And to him, what he associates with what Star Wars movies are, this movie doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. And I think that's where a lot of people, I think some other people share that same sentiment and that it just, it is so different from the Star Wars movies that we're accustomed to that it feels very different. But I don't think that's a bad thing because, and I've said this before, I think I said it on the podcast, but I said, Solo walked so the Mandalorian could run. Like, Like, the Mandalorian took so much from Solo. I was like, the Mandalorian doesn't feel like I'm watching Star Wars. Exactly. Like, there's some episodes where it does. Like, there's the one episode where he's going around, um, like, in, like, the prison and everything like that. Like, that set piece and everything in that one episode. Mm -hmm. See, I was going to say that one feels the least like Star Wars to me. I was, there's, (laughs) like... I just say more of because like of like set, where it's the set setting piece, and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But even in the way it's filmed and everything like that, it's very dramatic and it's tension and it's filmed almost like it's like a thriller. Yes. And it takes like the Mandalorian does a lot of things and it's partially a. It's due to who, like how it's made and the mm-hmm. people that are involved in it. Yeah. That bring a lot of different influences in, into it, and that's why each episode feels more distant from star from star wars like it's doing its own thing but Mm -hmm. still in the universe and i feel like you can look at this entire movie like it's one of those episodes of the mandalorian Mm -hmm. where it's trying to do its own thing it's trying to be a a small little piece Mm -hmm. in what everything else is and i think where people have a problem with that and like i would like to hear people who don't like this movie i'd like to hear their opinions on it more but from what my understanding is is that they like the idea like like, a lot of people that I know that don't like Solo, they really like Mandalorian. Their problem with Solo is that it's trying to do its own thing, but it's bringing characters that we already know and love into it. Which I don't personally have a problem with, but I think some people do. And that, like, the Mandalorian, I think people would view it very differently if the Mandalorian was Boba Fett. And yeah. it's a character that they already know. You know, I think people, they already have preconceived notions of what that character is. And when you tell them things that they're not expecting... They don't like it. It was the same thing with The Last Jedi. People already had all these fan theories about what was going to happen, and when it didn't happen, they didn't like it. But, like, to me, I just think this movie and, like, the different style and the different flair that it has to it, I think it just contributes more to making Han the type of character he was in the original trilogy Mm -hmm. to where he didn't really fit into the whole story. He wasn't a part of this lineage and this family and stuff like that. He didn't fit in. He wasn't force sensitive and all this other stuff that was a part of this like bigger grand scale story. Mm-hmm. He was just a smuggler that was hired to do this one job and now he had gotten roped into it and he's a part of it. Mm-hmm. 
but it kind of shows that the different backgrounds that can lead to yeah. people being involved in the grander story. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of whether you dislike, I, I think even if you dislike the movie from like the characters who, who are involved and that whole standpoint, I, it, I think it's really hard to argue that it's a bad movie. Um, I know people that'll just adamantly say that it's a bad movie no matter what, but I really, I think it's a really good movie, regardless of your feelings of if Han Solo, if this is the Han Solo in your head canon or not, like, I think it's a really good story, um, which is what we'll talk about, I guess, some more. I just have to agree with that. Like, it's good. It's cool. It's got all the things I need for it. Mm -hmm. Like, Like it wasn't trying to do anything revolutionary. It was just Hmm. like, hey... These are the adventures and stuff that you've heard about Han doing in the past. We're just going to show you how it happened, and it's going to have the excitement that you want from a summer blockbuster movie, and we're going to throw in these stylistic elements that we feel Mm -hmm. complement this character that we already know, and it's just enjoyable. It's supposed to be a fun movie. It's not trying to be anything really that deep. Yeah. And And people try to, like, overanalyze it way too much. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are mad that, like, we're seeing... I think people... It's the same thing. Like, they they hear, like, all these things like the Kessel Run and all this other stuff, and they've got it in their head how that looks, and then when it doesn't look the way that they think about it, they get upset. And I think yeah, that that's... that makes sense. And that's what this movie's fighting, is it's fighting against people's headcanons, which is really hard to, like, when To me, I was just, like, when they're sitting there and they're talking, and they're just like, oh, there's this mine where you can get unrefined coaxium on Kessel. I was just like oh, it's about to go down. Like, this is going to be the Kessel Run. That's mm-hmm. what this movie is going to be. I was like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. And I was like, I'm excited to see how this went down because I guess I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan to where I, like, I know what the Kessel Run is and I get that and everything like that and know that it's, like, a big deal and he brags about it and everything like that. But I've never made my own idea of what yeah. that is. So I was just excited to see what it actually was. Yeah. Like, I before this movie, I didn't know enough about Kessel or anything. I... All I knew was it was called the Kessel Run. I didn't know that Kessel was a planet. I didn't know what the Kessel Run any, meant. You don't know any of the context of it other that. than you know that it's something that he's proud of. And he did in 12 parsecs. Yeah, and that's it. And that, that's all I knew going into it. Down. Some, Yeah, and some <laughs> and really big fans already kind of knew the lore behind it. And then they were like, oh, you know. I want to say, I'm a pretty big fan. Like, mm-hmm. we've established that. I got mm-hmm. a lot of that knowledge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, I had no idea what the Kessel Run was going to look like. Yeah. Like, what it looks like on screen, that's my vision of it now. I didn't mm-hmm. have a vision of it beforehand. I didn't either. I was like, like I didn't know what I, it was. Like, it's, like, the idea that everybody was like, why is he saying that he did something, like, he's making it seem like he did something faster than somebody else, but he's using the unit of distance and not time and that never made sense but then he's like oh i'm gonna take a shortcut i'm gonna do something that Mm -hmm. no one's ever done to get from this place to this place and like the fact that they went in like it just makes all of it make more sense yeah that's when everybody says it's impossible to do in 12 parsecs it's like because you're like the run is a lot longer than that he's like what they did in this movie just makes everything else add up like it just Mm. i don't get the problem with that yeah, that people have. I really don't. I, I have one semi problem. It's not a huge problem with it. It's just something that I think could have been done better. But we'll talk about that. I think a little bit. But let's keep talking about things we like about this movie. Um, yeah. So um, I really I like the characters. Get, get the movie, you know. Yeah. But I I yeah, really I like the characters. I enjoy the characters as well. Um, a lot of the new characters we get, they they all end up dying, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, except for like the ones that we already knew. But yeah. like pretty much any character that was just for this movie, most of them die. But like, uh, what, doesn't. yeah, she does not. She doesn't. Um, Which that's a whole other thing is that this movie just increases the excitement to hopefully one day learn more about like criminal underworld and stuff like that, and like seeing mm-hmm. more of like Crimson Dawn and what they do and everything like that. Like, there's so much that can be explored, and I think that's the part of Star Wars I'm like most excited about. Like. Mm-hmm. That, that they, sounds like they, a Disney if they Plus. Go in that direction. That's that's like I could see a Disney Plus TV series, and it's like Star Wars Crimson Dawn Disney Plus show. Like I could see him doing something like that. Like one of my favorite things because I love seeing more smaller scale stories of just like mm-hmm. this guy's a bounty hunter and what yeah. he does on a daily basis. Like I want to see more of 
the world. This underworld yeah. side of Star Wars. You obviously know why I'd want to see the Crimson Dawn series. Yeah, Darth Maul. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That was that was really cool in theaters. Oh, that was just when he showed up and like mm-hmm. undoes like his like hood. I was just like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a minute. Come to me on Dothamir. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Uh, well, let's talk about the other characters. So we got um, Han, Beckett. Woody, Woody Harrelson. Yep. Which is Beckett. Beckett. Uh, Val. Woody Harrelson's awesome in this movie. Oh, he yes. is. He's really Agreed. good. He's so great. We got Val. We got. What's what's the what's the dude with all the arms? What's um, his name? Rio. Yeah. Rio. Rio. He's played that by John Favreau, right? That's John Favreau. Yep. That's the voice for him. And yeah. then we have um, the main antagonist of the movie. The Crimson Dawn, but like the leader of it, and I'm forgetting his name. Vision. Dryden Voss. It's, it's Vision. Vision. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Paul Bettany. Yep. He is. He is great. really good. He's yes. really good. In this so movie. like, I'd say like, so like Val and Rio are like more side characters. They mm-hmm. are only in it for a small amount of time. But mm-hmm. Dryden and Beckett, like, they are so great in this movie. Like, I absolutely love him. I really like Rio, even though he's a side character. He's really funny and mm-hmm. has like. He's he's a really fleshed out character. Val, she's not really that fleshed out. Like she's really she's not. just kind of there and she yeah, dies. She's more there too. as an aid to. She's exposition. She's there the as an part. aid to make you care more about Beckett. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and then care more about his yeah. storyline. And the like, movie. Rio is more of a defined character, and he's he's a he's the comedic relief for a good chunk of the movie, and he mm-hmm. I think he's a really cool character. And I we completely forgot about two L three and Lando. Mm-hmm. They yes. come in. They come in, uh, and then Chewbacca as well. Yes, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, yeah. Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a lot of people don't like Lando in this movie. I don't. I'm curious to see how you what you think of Donald Glover as Lando. He hey he did a good job. What can I say? Donald Glover can do no wrong. He really can't. <laughs> that's like, that's my mindset about anything he's ever been a part of. Like so. I okay I. I don't agree with that statement because I didn't like Donald Glover in the live action Lion King. But <laughs> okay, there's lots of problem with the live action Lion King. We do not have enough time to talk about all the problems. That'll but be another Donald episode. Glover was not one of the problems. But I, I he, back on. I don't know. I didn't I, love that. Oh, him okay. and Beyonce singing "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." Yeah, is the singing was great, but the tier. but the voice acting was not. So. <laughs> all right, buddy. He right, played. We're, he played his, we're just gonna I, agree to disagree on that. I believe he played his character perfectly. Mm-hmm. There is people that, there's people that are like, this is the character. And I'm like, nah, anybody can really play a character. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a character. And I and Donald Glover does it well. And I think it's, it's interesting because when you're playing a younger or like an older version of a character that we've already seen on screen before, that like people are always really quick to judge it and be like, oh, this doesn't make sense because it doesn't line up with the other one. But... It's like people, people being upset change, at Luke in The Last Jedi. People change over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the character's not going to be exactly the same when they're... I'm assuming Han and Lando are in their, like, 20s here, maybe? Yes. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then are in their 40s-ish? Late I think, 30s? I think late 40s, 30s. Late in 30s. In the original yeah. trilogy? Yeah. So, like, people change over about 10 or 15 years. Hey, and you can young even see Lando that. probably learned a lot by the fact that mm-hmm. he was swindling people all the time, mm-hmm. and has changed to even the point where we see him again in Episode Nine. Yeah, when he's really old. And it's and it's yeah. the same thing as Luke between Episodes Six and Eight. Yeah, like he's a completely different character, and people because are upset at that. But it's like time happened. changes, bro. Like, like people change over time. And then there, yes, you have that. But then there's people that don't like him just because, like, it's an already established character and nobody else can play that character. Yeah. Like, a big example of that is Will Smith with Robin Williams and the genie in Aladdin's. Yeah. Like, people didn't like that one just because Robin Williams wasn't. I don't. Like, Will Smith. Like, I don't want to talk about Aladdin for a long time. But, like. But I I think Will Smith did a pretty great job. job. Like, he plays the character. He's not trying to play Robin Williams. He's He's his own version of the character. Yes, and that is what Donald Donald Glover is doing with Lando. Except I think it's a little different. We had talked Um, about it a little bit. I think it's different from a character. Like, I think comparing the two versions of the genie and the two versions of Lando are a little different. Because, like. The two versions of Genie, it's two different versions of the movie. Yeah. Whereas this, it's the same character 
on the same timeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas it's, it's not two separate stories, you know? But I think he plays... I personally think Donald Glover is playing Billy D. Williams more than he's playing Lando than anything. I think he's doing trying to do more of just an impression, and it works for what he's doing. Whereas, I think it works, and I think it's because Han, I don't know Billy the name D. Of the actor. Williams just has Lando's swag. Like yes, he just so does. He does. Like and, they're kind of they're pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whereas, um, like you see what Billy D. Williams wears to like the red carpet premieres yep. and stuff like that like yeah, he's, he's pretty lando. much lando yeah. <laughs> like it's it's awesome he inspired i think a lot of lando's character design on empire but like i think that's the difference between donald glover and i can't remember the guy who plays alden ehrenreich yes alden ehrenreich uh whereas alden ehrenreich is not playing harrison ford he's playing the character and i think donald glover is playing i think the that's good though anything. because we we know Han way more than we know Lando. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we so I think there would be a lot more discrepancy and a lot more problems with the movie if Alden did a lot more of of Harrison Ford than he did of Han. When when Donald does it, it's more in a supporting oh, it's more in yeah. a supporting role and not as in the spotlight. So it works. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have a problem with it. I was just pointing out like. The differences yeah. that I see there. Um, this is, I, I just give credit yeah. to Billy hey. Williams. He's got the swag. I'm gonna really come in here real quick. We're talking about the things we like, and I just brought this up. I'm gonna nitpick one thing. I don't like the dice, and this this story. I knew dice. I knew the dice were gonna come up uh, at some point during like, the podcast. I told Joe that when we were watching. I said we're gonna talk about the dice for a little while. Yeah, it, like okay, I get so, talking about it, but I just. Let's it explain doesn't the dice bother me. Let's explain the dice. It just quick. doesn't bother anyone... me enough to where I feel like it's a big deal to like put the movie down about it. So I'm not, if I'm you're just, listening listening to this and you haven't seen Solo in a little or while, Empire. Um, or Empire in a, in a hot minute, but mo- mostly Solo, you mostly barely Solo, see yeah. it. Uh, it's also in the Last Jedi. But the gold dice that um, Han always has hanging up in the Falcon are a pretty big deal in this movie. They're, they're passed around a lot and made to seem more important than they really are. Yeah. I think that's a result of them being shown in The Last Jedi, um, which came out five months before, because um, both of these movies were in development at the same time, so I think they both had the similar idea of, like, including the dice. I don't know if, like, like you guys have been to Disney and, like, seen the Star Wars stuff. I don't know if they sell the dice there. They do. I, I think part of it is just a ploy to sell stuff, because Disney likes money and they like selling things. So I, part of me thinks that the dice being included so prominently in this movie and in um, The Last Jedi was to sell dice, you know, for whatever reason. But um, I just, some people really don't like the dice and some people just don't care at all. I don't know anybody that loves the dice. I don't <laughs> understand why it's so prominent in the film. Like, it, it is like... it. I don't think there's a problem with it being prominent. But I also don't think there's any need for it to be prominent. I think it's just like that's something that they thing. just did. It's just like it could just be dice. That's all it's got to be. It doesn't. I, have to I don't be like... think it has to be a big plot device, but it also doesn't change anything. Like regardless, if it's a big deal or not a big deal, it doesn't change anything for me in the movie. Some people just like, really to are me, I just it, though. I don't see them putting that much emphasis on it, other than it's like just on screen, like a good amount. Yeah, I, and then they show that he like makes a purpose of like carrying it with him and like it following with him to wherever whatever new ship he's piloting and stuff like that yeah i don't i don't think the dice are that deep um i think they're just there i my big i honestly think they're there to sell merchandise probably i mean honestly that's that's why i think it's shown so prominently i'll give you that i feel like a lot of motivations of things that we see in movies and like the reasons why planets look the way they do or characters look the way they do is to sell stuff like in the rise of Skywalker, there's no, I mean, the, when they're fighting on the, um, star destroyers, the dudes that come out and fight, the stormtroopers are all red. That's just to sell red stormtroopers. Like the only reason they're red is to sell toys. You know, I think a lot of design and character design and like uh, prop design is motivated by selling stuff nowadays, which is just, Part of the part of the blockbuster movie industry. I think mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. But so that's what I think. That's my personal belief. Yeah, that could be totally wrong, but I think that the dice being so prominent is kind of motivated by that. Um, but I don't think the dice are a huge deal. But I 
I think regardless of whether they're in the movie or not, I don't think it changes anything. One thing that I think is a pretty big deal, and it's something I personally like and just think, like, I think... I think it's never really referenced how they meet, but, like, Han and Chewie meeting and how that goes down. Like, I've never had an idea in my head how they've met, and they never really say anything about it. So... I was just like, oh, whatever the movie tells me, I'm just going to kind of go with, and Mm -hmm. it's hopefully going to be cool. And I don't have a problem with how they meet. I think it's actually kind of interesting. So earlier earlier when I said I have one big problem with this movie, it's not so much with how they meet. It's how he gives him the nickname Chewie. It's so stupid. He's like, Chewbacca, I'm not going to say that every time. I'm just going to call you Chewie. It's like, there's no need for that dialogue. That dialogue's stupid. I don't... All right, I'll give it to you that there's no need for that dialogue, (laughs) but the rationale that, but Han choosing that rationale that he's not going to say Chewbacca every time and is just going to shorten it to Chewie, 100% lines up with my idea of the character. Yeah, is that Han is just like and that's why I'm not saying that, and that's why I always assumed he said Chewie, but I don't need the movie to tell me that. I think that that dialogue is just so cheesy and ridiculous. Like, there's no need for him to be like. Well, I'm not saying that every time. How about Chewy? You know, it's like, like that's just such a forced thing. It's like if he just called him Chewy. Forced thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, if he just called him Chewy, everybody would accept it. If like, there's a way for him to like in the action sequence when they're like on the train and stuff like that, if he just like calls him Chewy one time and then like he like just has like a smirk or something like that, well, just like, like in that moment where he tells him his name, he goes, he goes Chewbacca. All right, Chewy. You know, like, because he's smug. Something he makes like people nicknames. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's his whole thing. So, it's not... I just think that whole way that he comes up with Chewy is really silly. I think it <laughs> I think it would have been better. I like my idea. Where it's, like, heat of the moment, he calls him Chewy, and then he's just like, yeah. I like that. Or some or a little remark like that just works better Anything. than, like, yeah. the yes. more forced dialogue that, that we were saying. That whole forced thing. Um, yeah, I don't hate... <laughs> I don't hate how they meet. Um... It's not how I imagined the meeting, but then again, like, it's not my movie, so it like, doesn't matter, you know? I never had an idea of how I imagined the meeting, but, like... I didn't either. I thought they... Uh, my I, c- I can't can, think of any better ideas. My headcan was always just, they, like, they ended up doing a job together, and well, then they uh, just stuck together. That's kind of what they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, they met in a prison. I mean, like, like in like a pit, a mud pit, which is their, not what their I first, thought at all. Their first job was, they were both trapped down there, so they're like, hey, we need to work together because we both want to get out of here, and they were like, oh, I yeah, mean, that makes I sense. I meant more like... They were both working for Jabba the Hutt or something, you know, like something like that. The meeting as a byproduct of their work. Well, like, but this is a way more interesting story than what I thought of, which is why I don't really have a problem. I'm saying with they it. get out <laughs> and they like do that together, and then they do this first job together, and then that's because they're doing the job together, yeah. and they're kind of the two outsiders in this group of already established people. Mm-hmm. That makes it to where they're like, because they're, they're not close to anybody mm-hmm. else, they have to be like their own little duo inside of it, yeah. and that like grows into the friendship, which is one thing I really I like, like how it develops. One thing I really like between like the relationship and how Chewie becomes the co-pilot is like when um, I can't remember her name, but the the chick Kiara. Kiara, yes. So she's like trying. She's you in the really co-pilot aren't seat. Good at remembering like main characters' names. <laughs> well, it's like in, in movies like this where it doesn't really matter that much. Like I don't know. It might matter. You I, I didn't know if it was like but. Kira or Kiara or Kara. It's I knew it was something like that, but Kira. Yeah. So she, <laughs> she, is in like the co-pilot seat, and he he goes, "We need to do something." She goes, "Yes, we definitely need to do that thing," and she's just sitting there, and then Chewie just comes over and pushes all the buttons starts and flipping picks the her switches, out, oh. and she's like, "All right, you take over." Like I thought that was really cool. I was like, and he's like, and "You then, know how to fly?" And he's like. Like ninety years old. Chewie said, "Let me drive a bus." One hundred ninety years old. Yeah, he's old. he's old. He's old. So I I thought that but he was looks cool. great. Yeah, I like I like that book. Yeah, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> he is really old. He is really old. It's that it's that uh, I can't think of a shampoo brand name right now. Dove. He uses what? Dove. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was gonna make a joke. Because, like, he's all hair, so he has to use all shampoo. Just, just head and shoulders. Yeah. But he's all head and shoulders. <laughs> that is one of the funny scenes when, like, Han's in the shower. Yeah. And then, like, so and then, like Chewie walks Chewie in, and he's walks just, in. like... Their, their feet are, like... Like, Han's feet are inside of Chewie's feet. And it's just... That's really funny. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that one is good. I, I It's a good little one. bonding moment for them. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. They, like, got out of the prison together, and, and then, like... And now they're, they're showering they're together, just, bro. like, relationship just starts to build, and then, like... Mm-hmm. 
it was a nice development of them becoming like really good friends. I really like mm-hmm. Sabak in this movie. I Sabak. think it's I think it's really cool. Oh, Sabak's like, great. Like watching them like play Sabak. And, I like, think that's the, a the great game. introduction to Lando. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you know why they have Sabak in this one? So they could to, sell Sabak. To sell Sabak the game. <laughs> yep. Hey, which I own. I know. I played it with you. It's difficult. It is very <laughs> difficult. You have to learn an entire. You're basically new... learning a whole new language. Yeah, you are learning it's a rough. new numeral system. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It is fun though. But Land- it is, it is Lando fun. calling him Han instead of Han. Yep. Just, just to mess with him. And yeah. and then that establishes why he when calls he him, him Han. Him. Yeah. What, okay. Is it confirmed that like in the original trilogy that Billy Dee Williams just. Did, couldn't say Han or like he just or just just messed up and said Han just, every time. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It was just it was just Billy D. Williams messing up, and then it became Star Wars canon, and so now they're having to like establish it early, which I think yeah. they did really well. Yeah, and I mean it makes sense, like it going, and him just messing around with them, obviously to get into his head playing the game, so it's Han, and then he even he even says back, actually it's Han. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like and he's that just really snarky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 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 two times that they're playing Sabacc, like in the middle of the movie and at the end of the movie, I think are really cool. Like yeah. like sets and like just the the camera revolving around the table and like it's just it's a cool, it's it's a really cool scene. I, I one, like that uh, part. I think that's fun. One Lando part I like a lot is right after the right after the Kessel Run is completed and they get to the to planet and. He goes, I never want to see you again. I'll be in my ship in my quarters, you know, waiting for my share. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking. And then Lando just takes off. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, I'm done with this. Where are going? That's one of the funniest parts of the whole movie is, is when Han's, like, trying to, like, um, mess with... Um, the Alliance. With the Alliance, yeah. And he's just like, we have 30 hired guns in that ship down there. And then it just takes off. <laughs> and it's just uh, like, Lando, you couldn't just sit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we didn't really talk I, I really like the like if we're not just talking about the Kessel Run but like Kessel itself oh, Kessel? Yeah. is a really cool action like scene and the liberating the droids and like it's all done really well it's really like L3 is really funny and all that um, and like just all the action is really cool it's a cool little set piece like I, I think We've said that a lot about these newer movies. L- they all L- look good. L3 is a very interesting character. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. She's very strong. Uh, she is a, a strong, independent droid. Yes. Yeah. Um, that and doesn't... apparently it works somehow between her and Lando. That's it, interesting. That, that's, yeah, that's a funny little thing. <laughs> hey. They, 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 go, they go like, you and Lando, like, how does that even work? She goes, it works. <laughs> it was funny. It was like a weird like little like girl talk moment in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it's funny. I liked it. L three L three is funny and um, she does die the hero's death, you know. But yeah. then, but she's a part of the ship, and she's it's a part like of the ship. that's an am- part of the amazing ship, part of the crew. That's an amazing way that we see how the Falcon has like. The database of like all for like, being yes. like for all being the... like a junk ship as people yeah. continually refer to it as garbage and as a bad ship. Somehow that horrible ship well, has the one of the best navigation systems ever. Well, I want to say like it's an awesome explanation. First like, off, like I love it, it. Looks great when they take off. <laughs> when they take off for Kessel, it looks fantastic. It doesn't look like a pile of junk. And then it, it and looks then it... all brand new inside. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. all all nice inside. And then they do the Kessel Run. <laughs> and then it loses the escape pod. It's something it gets about that the change of ownership Falcon where shape. it gets a little dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Like, yeah, Lando the way kept that it Lando pristine. and Han keep up their ship is very different. <laughs> Lando's got his room with all of his capes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The inside's all nice and hey, Han, perfectly pristine hey, and white. Han has that too. It's just vest. It's all the same black <laughs> The same belt and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just the same outfit on every single. And then you got Chewbacca, who who just has nothing. <laughs> he has chess, but he's really bad at it. Yeah, at the time, at the time. But he has the hologram chess. Hey, which also I have played. 
Yep, they have that at Star Wars Land. Yes, they do. Yeah, I've sat at that table, and that was like probably one of the happiest moments of my entire life. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I've Falcon. played the game. Like, not, not sat at the table, but I've played the game. Super confusing. I'm pretty sure every Star Wars game is super confusing. That's Just like by default. Yeah, That's not true. That's... Sabacc is pretty... pretty it's once, once you once you learn, learn the new language, <laughs> but it's like it's like it's like it's like you're gonna play a card game, but the card game's in Chinese. The card game itself is simple; you just gotta learn Chinese first. Yeah. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Because like in the movie, they're just like yeah, straight stapes, and I was just like, I'm assuming that's like a flush or something like that. Like yes. it's it's basic. It's poker, but the different combinations have different names. Mm-hmm. Full sabak is like the royal flush. Uh no, like is I was just making assumptions. Sabak, uh. Full Sabacc is like one under the Royal Flush. Um, true Sabacc is two of the two of the black cards. If you get two of those, it's a True Sabacc, and it's it's confusing, but it's, it's really you know, confusing. Um, but that's all cool. Mm-hmm. What else happens in this movie? Is there anything else you can think of that you like? Or I like the Dryden's um, yacht is yeah. pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, this and... is just this is just us talking about cool stuff episode. I mean, that's what this movie like. That's that's, that's, that's the thing. This, with this movie. That's what we were. That. That's what I was saying in the beginning. I was like, this movie's not trying to be anything too deep. It's just a cool, cool story. That's it. It's, it's it's an action movie in space. I mean, that's what it is. This mm-hmm. is the most action adventure esque Star Wars movie. That Dryden is awesome. Oh He's yeah. a very cool villain. His character design is really cool. Oh yeah. Or like when he like gets angry, like the like red marks on his face like show more and stuff like that. And then he's got like his cool like little. The double-sided the knife things. things. Yeah. And, like, his, like, fingers Which go into it, Which is a hint. No, just kidding. It's to not Darth a hint Maul. of Darth Maul. <laughs> just everybody in... Crimson Dawn has... Crimson Dawn double- has double-sided things. Yes. We're talking a lot about what we like. Is there stuff in this movie that you can think about that you don't like that we haven't already discussed? Apparently, we think this movie is absolutely perfect. <laughs> well, because it's not. And we need, we need to... I don't want to, like, just keep, you know... Praising. Talking about how great it is. Because it is really good. But it's not i don't think any of us are going to put this in our s tier or our a tier so so what is keeping this i mean you might so what what is keeping this movie from being the top top of the tiers in terms of star wars movies because i'm I'm curious to see what y'all think about that i didn't prepare y'all with that question beforehand i think (laughs) i mean it's really just it's an action adventure movie in space like it's not too deep. You don't gotta get. It's not mm-hmm. deep. Any. It's a movie I can sit down, I can watch, and I don't have to think about it. I'd like, say maybe what keeps it from being like a classic Star Wars movie is like lack of stakes. Yeah. To where like, like the that. stakes mm-hmm. are literally that our main characters are just trying to stay alive. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to like defeat the entire galactic empire. Or yeah, yeah I mean I think the difference between also between this one and like. Rogue One or really any other movie is that this movie is set over several years and it's because it's kind of catching up all of Han Solo like you've got a point where like we we start out with him on um I mean we have a one three-year skip and that's yeah we we got the three-year skip but then like it jumps time quite a bit like not like massive jumps but like they're on like it skips three years and then he's on the battlefield and then they get on the thing and then they skip forward to the, the heist they do the heist, and then it skips forward to after the heist once the thing blows up. And it's like, whereas like Rogue One, it's a very linear progression of events. This one is like, it's kind of more like edited together. This I don't know if that makes sense. This one's kind of more like a Han Solo highlight reel. Yes, that, exactly. It's kind to of... To where it's just like, hey, this is him on Corellia. This is him leaving Corellia. This traumatic thing happens where he's separated from Kiara. And then it's like this is how he a bunch Chewie. of stuff goes with him in the navy and stuff like that, but that's all not really important. This is the moment where he meets Chewbacca. This, this is, is their first heist, first heist. heist together with Chewbacca and Beckett and everything like that. It goes bad, and then it leads down the rabbit hole of this Crimson is why Dawn. they need to do the Kessel mm-hmm. Run the Kessel. Is because they're in and, too and deep then, with Crimson Dawn yeah, and, and they then, know who he and is then he now. Find, and he meets Lando, and like it's just it is it's. That is exactly like you were saying. I want to a talk highlight about a, reel. I want to talk about a good point. I really like the plan at the end with Crimson Dawn, where he brings the actual coaxium to Crimson Dawn. It's a cool plan. That is it a is. great plan. Like he knew Beckett was gonna betray him and go to Crimson Dawn, and like he brought he brought the coaxium to Crimson Dawn. That's just genius. And that's and you can kind of see like when um, Dryden 
like sets the stuff down really hard on the table, you can kind of see like his eyes, like he kind of goes, mm, you know, for a second because it's really explosive. But yeah. then, but then he's like having to play it cool, so he only has like a split second where he worries, and then he's back in it. I just think that's really funny. It's it's really good. oh, it's it's a great and it's a genius plan because he has learned he. Beckett was like, "You did you hear anything that I was gonna like? I taught you. Yeah, don't trust anyone." And he was like, "Psych." The the best part of the whole movie is at the end when he's at the standoff so with Beckett great. and Beckett's talking. And he just shoots a mid sentence. Mm-hmm. That right there is the most Han Solo thing in the whole movie. That's like calling back to like Greedo yes. and like like that's just like he's just like. It makes sense. There's so many times when good guys will sit there and listen to the bad guys explain their whole plan. And then I just, I love Beckett in that moment. He's just like, good move, kid. I would have killed you. I would have killed you. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just such a Han Solo moment. That's the coolest part of the whole movie, I think, to me anyways. But then it just shows that, like, even in that moment where, like, he's done the thing that he wants to do. He's got the coaxium. He's going to be able to go give it to Emphis Nest, who we know now are good people, even though they were, like, Mm -hmm. attacking him earlier. But we know their motives and we know... That, 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 that is they're, the, they're on the right side. That is the groundwork for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we also show that pretty much Han only has Chewbacca at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because he's not committed enough to where he's going to go full on and join the rebellion. Kiara just double crossed him pretty much and just left. And mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, sorry, I got to go do this and leaves. So it's just him and Chewie now. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much where we meet him. Is it's just the two of them have been doing their smuggler thing for a while and then well, yeah. we meet him at the end of at the beginning after, of the After four. they get the ship from Lando. They go yeah. they go to they go to Sabak. They go to Lando. <laughs> they go to Sabak. Not to Sabak. <laughs> that um, was just one of their things. That was one more of their mm-hmm. yeah. That was one of their swindles that they did along the Yep. Another highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Yep. They they go play Sabak. He does the thing where he like fights Lando which I found really funny because Lando does the same thing to him in Empire oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even think about that. that that was the entire like callback to it um, and then he takes the cards yada 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 you know they go uh, one part I I'm forgetting it oh yes he I talks about he talks about, about um, Lando I found this really funny Lando is going to Kessel and he goes, I hate um, mines. My, I hate mining colonies. Yeah, yeah he, I hate mining <laughs> colonies, is what he says. Yeah, that's Which a is hilarious line. because, again, with people change, he now runs a mining company mm-hmm. when, we, when we're introduced to him in uh, episode five. Mm-hmm. So it's just a. That was a funny joke. I also just. I love where the movie ends off because Beckett was talking about going to Tatooine. And mm-hmm. doing jobs there and, and stuff like that for, for the Jabba. gangster, yeah, mm-hmm. for, for a big shot gangster. But they never say who it is because they like want you to kind of know they're, who they're it like, is and figure it out. It's like if you're a fan, you know who it is. Yeah. yeah. If you're not a fan, you don't care. But then anyways. I just I love that that's where the movie ends off is that Han and Chewie are gonna go pick up that. Mm-hmm. And that might be the job that got him in trouble with Jabba. Yeah, we don't know. Could be or later down the line. Or I feel well, like they did a lot more I work think, for Jabba. Yeah, and probably. Then. I think that's kind of the thing in like when people get involved with these like crime syndicates and stuff like that is like you mess up once and then you say that you're going to do something to like cover up the mess that you just made. And then you mess that up too. And you just keep piling dead on top of each other. Until and that's how killed. you get so deep. And like, that's why Beckett was like, once they know who you are, you're never going to have your debt paid off. You're never going to be clean with these people. Mm-hmm. And that's why Beckett didn't want to get him involved in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what Han does with Jabba here and then that's he does all of these things for him and then that's eventually what gets him in trouble in for a new hope for a new hope yeah mm. I was trying to think I was like which I mean I, was like, it's for. <laughs> I don't know I never under, like he can't be that bad with Jabba because he's on Tatooine in a new hope like you don't go to a planet controlled by Jabba the Hutt where Jabba literally lives. Yeah, I don't think he was like, he wasn't like at a point where Jabba was going to kill him, but I think he probably recently had a job go wrong when we mm-hmm. see him in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess that the last big thingy at the end is uh, Darth Maul. Oh, yeah. Um, which I guess we need to kind of talk about. 
Um, I, okay, I like that the reveal, I guess, I guess I like that it's like, oh, cool, Darth Maul, you know? Uh, I don't like that he lights the lightsaber. <laughs> it's it's a bit much. <laughs> it looks cool, like it's cool from a movie standpoint, but it makes no sense why he would do that. Like in the actual, in the actual universe, right? If it's not a movie, like, like why does he light talking, the lightsaber? Like he's just talking to Kiara, and like I would assume he's just chilling in his office when he like yeah, got the just, call or something like that. He's just and waiting then, like, on Dothamir for her to come get him. Yeah, Dothamir doesn't have an office. <laughs> I don't know, he's, like, chilling in his quarters. He's, like, not doing anything. He's standing in front of something so that way he can project himself to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's, like, He stands up trying and to lights int- the lightsaber. I was saying to you yesterday, I was like, I guess he's, like, trying to intimidate her, but, like, she Darth knows Maul, who look he in is. the mirror, dude. Like, you're intimidating no matter yeah. what. You don't need to light up your lightsaber. And, like, like she, she probably was, knows that you are. She was already anyway. intimidated by yeah. Vision, and so it's, like... <laughs> I can't remember his name right now. Dryden. Dryden. Yeah, Dryden Voss. Like you just said, you just said Vision with no hesitation. Yeah, because that's who it is, bro. It's Paul Bettany. But so he, she, she was already scared of him, and like Mm -hmm. this is the big boss, and he looks scarier, and she already probably knows that he wields a lightsaber and is a force user, and like I I think she would have already been scared. So him lighting the lightsaber was just. It looks cool, but, but it's silly. It's a bit much, but it's like <laughs> it looks. It's cool. just trying to get Star Wars fans to be like, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's complete. And, and now we cut to Connor, who had that exact exactly reaction. What I did, <laughs> bro. He went, and I, I know it was like, oh, that lightsaber coming out, and he grabs the lightsaber. I'm like, ignite it, ignite it, and he ignites it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. Uh, hey, it was a good. It was good. I mean, for anybody else. Like, for people that watch Clone Wars, Rebels, we were like, ah, Darth Maul is still alive. So, like, you know, we were good. But to see him in a movie again, it's like, ah. You know? <laughs> you don't know. I don't know if you do know. Like, but, overall, I mean, like, this movie has, like, little things that you can nitpick at here and there. Yeah. Like, especially with, like, setting up the history of Han and stuff like that. Like, his name and the dice and everything. Like, mm-hmm. there's all the little things you can nitpick at. But... Overall, as a movie, like it's just enjoyable. It is an enjoyable like unless movie. you're going in trying to expect something deep, like if you're going in some amazing backstory on who this character Empire. is. Like, there's not going to be an amazing backstory to who Han is because he's what not he, an amazing his, guy. He's a completely yeah, average his, smuggler dude. His like, entire you know? life, he's hasn't done much. Like his work with the rebellion is what makes him a legend. And mm-hmm. what makes oh, it... I mean, also the Kessel Run. Yeah. But, yes. We're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> you know, the one thing he did as a smuggler, got his name uh, out there. He's like, mm-hmm. I did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Yep. Um, it's funny, though. Like, this movie and then, like, everything he does in the original trilogy, I just love that it's one of the lines that I love in Force Awakens when he comes on and they're just like you're the han solo and then ray's like the smuggler and then finn says um the war general the war hero the war general yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like how he's done so much from being separated from kiara on corellia and like made something for himself Mm -hmm. because he had the drive to get back with her you're making this movie deeper than it is, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. People need to put some respect on Solo. Yeah. So then I think then, we all can agree on that. Yeah. So yes. so then the last question before we wrap this up, I think, is where where does this kind of fall on your list? You know, what what tier of Star Wars movies would you place this in? Um, now that we've watched every other Star Wars movie, I'm, I want to know like kind of where y'all are ranking this. So I'd bat this. Uh, I'd either put it top of C tier or bottom of B tier. Okay. Like I said before, um, it's not as deep as the movie as stuff like Empire, for me, Revenge of the Sith, stuff like that, or or Jedi. Like, Mm -hmm. it's an enjoyable action movie. It's not deep. It's not cutting into any, like, lore. I mean, it is cutting into lore. It cuts into a lot of lore. It does. But... It's not deep, and it's, it's mm-hmm. not, and it's it's pretty cool. I'll give you that. 
But I mean, you've said yourself, you don't care if it's deep. You just want it to look cool. Yeah. So I'm surprised it's not <laughs> higher on your list. Yeah, that's why I mean, B tier is pretty good. Yeah. It's I above average. It's hard to rank because it is very different from all the other ones. Like, it's even very different from Rogue One. It's the hardest like, one Rogue to rank, one, for sure. Rogue One feels more Star Wars than this does to me. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll give you that. That's a good point, too. It's very different from the other Star Wars movies. So, like, it's hard to rank. So I think I have, I think I had it in B tier at the beginning. And I think it'll probably end up staying there. Yeah, I want to say mine moved up from D to now. Yeah, yours, you had it really low before. Yeah, because, I mean... Yeah, mine's going to stay probably around where it was. I, I've got it to average to above average in terms of Star Wars movies. Probably around B tier, maybe top of C. Same, just because, like... When you're ranking it amongst other Star Wars movies, it's it's so different from them, and it's like it's good, but like it's it's not hitting the same emotional beats that some of the other ones do, which I think hinders it. Like if it had like one really strong emotional thread throughout that it could make you really feel, you know, the whole time, I think it'd be higher. Or if it had like stronger thematic elements, you know, but. I think the only like strong like emotional beat they're trying to go for is kind of like the Han Kira relationship in that like mm. it was like super strong at the beginning and then like tapered off and now it's like broken and because he doesn't know what she's been doing this entire time like they're never going to be on that same page again that they were when they were mm-hmm. growing up together on Corellia. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they're going for, but it's definitely not strong. It's not like it's not it's like not. Super, it's not super, super deep and they don't dedicate yeah. just a ton of time to it. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think overall, it's uh, it's solid. It's solid. It's solid. I think that's the best thing you can say like, about it. It just it's it not does bad. what it. I think it does what it's thing. supposed to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it accomplishes its goal, and I still think that if it was released later than it was, if it wasn't released five months after the Last Jedi, I think it would be received and remembered a lot better than it is now. I very much understand why they released it in summer, though. Yes, this, yeah. it feels like a summer movie. It does, but I think just it coming so soon after. Yeah. The Last Jedi was... We had talked about it. It was popular to hate Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. It was. And to be against them. It was. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Thank you for listening. This has been our summer of Star Wars. Wow, we're mm-hmm. all done with our movies. Yeah, That's we're crazy. done with the movies. I think we'll have... Uh, I think at the release of this episode, we'll have one more really short little episode Mm -hmm. um, that'll drop at the exact same time as this. You'll be able to listen to that right after where we just, um, we're going to go back through our tier lists and see where they rank and talk about that for just a few minutes, just as like closure to the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, thank you for listening. You know the drill. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify. uh, That's a wrap. (laughs) 